0: And welcome to Season 4 of the Horton Hangout Podcast, a dental podcast like no other. I'm Laura Horton and each month I hang out with individual experts and we answer the questions that you have sent in relating to their field of expertise. Do look out for social media posts and my monthly newsletter to confirm the upcoming guests so that you can send in and have your questions answered every month on season four of the Horton Hangout podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to a brand new season of the Horton Hangout podcast. I cannot believe it has been a year since the podcast was last recorded, but don't worry, we are back with a bang. This season, the Horton Hangout podcast has a slight twist. The twist being that every month I am hanging out with someone different and I have handpicked my guests so that we can really dig into their area of expertise. And of course, as always, don't forget, you can send in your questions so that I can ask them to our guests. Look out on all the social media channels for updates of who I'm interviewing when. Now today I'm really excited to bring to you someone that I have known a very long time. And today we are hanging out with Holly. Holly has been in dentistry for over 20 years. Between us we will need Zimmer frames very soon. (laughs) And Holly is now in such a fantastic position. Holly has such an amazing business. It excites me just to talk about it, because it's so unique. So Holly's area of expertise is social media, branding and marketing. But what Holly does through her company is so unique, so different. And if you are a Practice Club member, I also will have an exclusive interview with Holly that you can listen to within Practice Club. But for today, let's get started. Let's answer those questions. So hello, Holly. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. It's so nice to catch up. It's been a a long time we've known each other. It's exciting. It is exciting. Now, before we start answering these questions that people have sent in to us, do you want to do a, a short summary to explain your company and what, how it works and why it's so unique? Cause I think it's fantastic. Yes. Yes, I will do. So like you said, I've worked in dentistry for 20 years. There's not
1: really anything other than actually being a dentist that I've not done. Um, so that experience and knowledge, I mean, I worked with a dentist. I started this business because I worked with a dentist and I saw the power of social media Um, and it'd be something that I'd loved and enjoyed marketing and I know I did your TCO course God a decade ago maybe Um, Mm -hmm. and we had a conversation on that course about me wanting to branch out on my own and how much I love marketing and we discussed me doing degree with the Open University so I did start that Um, and then I saw that social media exploded and how you can then generate income without really spending anything on socials and so we decided to Move away from what I thought when I started my own thing would be to do some kind of TCO and business consulting and really concentrate on social media side of stuff. So we have um, myself and Chelsea, who um, is my business partner. We have a videographer, photographer, um, graphic designer, and we help build online reputation, basically. So it's not just social media. We concentrate on things like Google AdWords and working with your web developer. But it's making sure that your online brand reputation is as solid as possible because people are looking for social proof and they, they look for that before they Google you now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's a fantastic summary. And it is really unique what what you do to have, you know, the photographer as part of your team. They're not just someone, random person that you book. Same with the videographer. And you work together as such a strong team alongside your graphic designer to really enhance that brand. Yeah, we we kind of want to become your in-house
1: marketing team, but Mm. virtually. Yeah. So you don't have to pay, you know, a graphic designer, a photographer, a videographer, a marketing consultant, you pay one fee and we become part of your team. We, we literally take on 10 clients. That's it. Once we've got 10 clients, our books are closed and you you have to apply. Like I'm that strict. We're like, let me see before and afters. Let me see your team. Let me see what your favorite smile makeover is because if they don't fit with where we want to be, we just don't work with them. And that sounds really selfish and quite arrogant, but it's, it's nice to get to that point. Um, but we kind of work so closely with people that we can't take on more than that without sort of scaling it. And I feel maybe losing what we've actually created, which is not what I want to do.
0: Yeah. And I think what's unique that there, Holly, is that you're making sure that these clients, which can be individuals or businesses, you're making sure that they have the substance before you develop the brand. And that's something yeah. I love because my job is helping people build the substance. yeah all too often I can go to a client and their brand looks amazing but they need me to help with the substance Um, or I can go in and go wow you know you've got so many fantastic systems it's just a few tweaks you need and then you need to sort out your brand Mm -hmm. so I think it's great that you're not pushing brands without there being substance that's what I really yeah definitely I think early on
1: both i mean both chelsea and i so we only merged over this lockdown um i kind of went through a difficult period personally and wasn't taking on any more work i saw that chelsea kind of did the same thing as me um but slightly different and i ended up kind of getting in touch and saying listen i can't do this and i'm in a bit of a tricky situation can you help out so we've kind of merged those together and i think both of us had made that mistake early on when we first started because we new we've only been doing this three four years between us um on our own and we both made the mistake of working with clients that maybe had a little bit of style and um, that we we're like yeah this is gonna look amazing but the substance is not there so you know you can uh, without being crass you can kind of roll up a permit glitter but there's not after you've <laughs> done that there's there's really nowhere else to go with that so it it was difficult to kind of say to people look we're not gonna work with you anymore um, or you need to get to a level within your dentistry that we're happy with, because I'm not, I'm not a clinician, you know, as a clinician, I probably find that quite offensive. If you know, some, I was going to say some young slip of a girl, but that's not really the <laughs> case anymore. <laughs> if somebody kind of came to me who wasn't clinically trained and said, your dentistry is not where it needs to be. um So those conversations are difficult, but for me, you've got to have the substance before you have the style.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it, and- there's, there's no, sort of movement on that uh yeah i love it and i love what you stand for and i think ultimately this is about the patients we don't mm-hmm. want disappointed patients they see no. a website a brand as you say all the socials everything looks awesome but when they come in it's a disorganized chaos and it's not yeah, what and expecting from your perspective as well Laura, like we work with clients that
1: is the patient journey's got to be clearly defined not just your brand guidelines because yeah. I then have to deal with the DMs where I, I turned up and there was, he was running four hours late, or you know the receptionist <laughs> on the desk was rude, or nobody ever answers my calls. You know my
0: team don't want to be dealing with them DMs. That's mm-hmm. got to be sorted too. And if it's not, we won't work with you. Yeah. Oh fab. Okay, so we're going to get straight into these questions now because we've had okay. quite a few. A lot of them do feature around Instagram, which I think is okay. really interesting. Personally, yeah. I've said it before on this podcast. I love Instagram because I find it a really positive. Mm-hmm. Place, people aren't sharing links yeah. to negative news and such. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's my preferred social. Plan. Yeah. I think Instagram massively, in terms of
1: the aesthetic work, because the types of patients and the patient demographic that looks for Invisalign, composite bonding, veneers, smile makeovers, tooth whitening, they are you millennials. Um, so they're on Instagram, they're not on Facebook, you know, my grand's on Facebook. If I get one more Farmville request off my grandma, I'm going to literally stick my head in the oven. <laughs> um, so Instagram's great and it's so visual of a platform that to show those cases off,
0: it's the best platform that you can use. Mm. So we've got a question then, which is which links to what you've just said. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. aesthetic, it's visual, it suits those patients. And we've had a question here that says, what is an Instagram aesthetic and how do you organize this? And I thought this was a fabulous question because I'm I'm quite happy to share that I've just sorted out my Instagram (laughs) aesthetic. It (laughs) looks really good, but it's not my work, but it looks I'm finally like, oh, yeah, my grid looks really cool. So do you want to explain what an Instagram aesthetic Okay.
1: So the girls that we've handpicked for our team have a big background in fashion photography um, and, and fashion labels. And the reason that we deliberately work with those people is because of influencers. Now, personally, I'm, what, 35 nearly. The, the influencer thing makes me cringe internally. I'm like, get a job. It's just not my thing um but it blooming well works and there's a lot of people that are influenced by the influencers Um, and we kind of look at those to think what is their aesthetic now the biggest tip i can probably say to all these people the free tip it takes a little while to learn download lightroom which is an adobe program get yourself onto etsy or google and look at some presets google presets um, every influencer will use a preset. So that's one of the first steps that we do with a client is to get a preset set in motion and decided upon so that every image looks the same. So it's got the same color grading. It's got the same sort of background, the same brand colors within it. You know, when we do a shoot with our clients, I'm like, you've got this is your color palette. Make sure that your clothes are this color. To the extent that I actually, we have a stylist that sometimes comes on board with us, that we then buy a load of clothes for the shoot. We turn off at the shoe, our clients wear the clothes, and then we send them back. Um, but the aesthetic looks nice. So it's about using photos with the same colour palette as your brand colours. It's about using a preset. So it takes a while to learn, and which is why we where we come in, because we've kind of we've learned that. Um, it's time consuming. You know, you've got to think about the depth of the image. Um and are you using that as a sort of on the three grid what kind of grid are you using? Are you doing checkerboard? Are you doing what APA does? Where it does like three um, before and afters and then uh, image, video, image. You've got to decide on your grid layout. Mm. So decide on your grid layout, decide on your preset and then take images that co- have your brand colors in. Now, in terms of like inspo at the moment, I'm obsessed with like DSD clinics, obsessed with them. Like, I can't get enough of these DSD clinics because they do it really well really well so sort of have a look at influencers that you like um they will always have a preset and they'll always have a grid design um and go to at dsd clinics and nosy through their clinics because they all do it really well
0: okay that's a really good tip okay so was it lightroom you said first of all the first yeah lightroom it's an adult lightroom. program you can, there is other ones there's so many different apps that you can use um i think
1: like a lot of the influencers use visco um mm-hmm. i i've never used it but that's more of an app that's less time consuming where you can okay. have the same still it's, it's like using a filter basically um on your pictures so they all look exactly the same but also using images that have the right color palette in them
0: mm-hmm. um
1: because There's no point in posting a picture of you with a you know a green polka dot t-shirt on and then the next day you've got a brown fluffy jumper. It's just not gonna look great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um and background images. So my my pink, for example, in my brand always needs to be the same colour pink. It yes. can't be a mishmash of pinks, it yeah, can't you, be a mishmash no. of different a that. lot of
1: clients like, kind of come to us and ask for advice and I'll say, you know, can you send over your brand guidelines and we'll have a look? Now, most people send me a logo. That's not a brand guideline. That's not brand guidelines. Talk to us what more you need... then. <laughs> So what you need in your brand guidelines is you need your color palettes. So you need to know your hex codes or your RGB codes. So whoever's designed your logo should have those because those are the colors that are in your logo. You need to know your typography. So what font have you used? Is there a supporting font? So is there a font for headings? And then you usually have a supporting font for any subtitles, etc. You know, placement of logo, where is that meant to go? Size of logo, rotation of logo. You know, where does that go in your uniforms? Where does that go in your stationery? Um, and then photography treatment. That's something that a lot of, even clients that come to us that have had brand ads guidelines done they've not got, they've not thought of photography treatment are you going to have everything in black and white but then your before and after is in color which i'm dying to do and yet no clients are taking me up on it <laughs> i'm dying for that one um or are you going to have a certain preset are you going to have everything black and white are you going to have everything color that mm. needs to be decided on before you think about your instagram aesthetic before mm. you even think about your
0: website yeah it all needs to be extremely cohesive and this is the problem, isn't it? When people will then go and, you know, get a logo designed by Fiverr, you know, and places like that. No, I did. No, do you know what? I honestly, I, I saw a logo, I can't remember the name
1: of the guy. And I actually messaged him as like, I love this logo. Can you tell me who did it? because um, we're always on the lookout for, for good graphic designers and it was a five a logo and i was like uh, i'm gonna backpedal <laughs> yeah Oh, <laughs> well,
0: there you go prove me wrong as well okay yeah.
1: but um, that, that's all they had so from there it was about building on on that so you've got a full brand guidelines you know even so much as we're working with um an aesthetic doctor in liverpool and she has got fabulous brand guidelines but the key buying personas have not been defined So when you're thinking about your Instagram aesthetic and what content to create, you need to make sure you're talking to those people. Now you can make your grid look stunning, Mm. like with stock imagery, with using the right color palettes. But if you're talking to the wrong people, you're not going to get any engagement and no one's going to see that stunning grid. You've got to have that within your brand guidelines as well. Yeah, this
0: this is really interesting, isn't it? So with my Instagram, I went and deleted over a thousand images oh, um, okay to basically start again because I didn't like the aesthetic yes. of it and hey who wants to see mm-hmm. a burger I've eaten so <laughs> <laughs> I do <laughs> <laughs> but is that something you, you you do with clients when you take them on to organize the aesthetic do, do you say do you know what I know you've spent a lot of time on your Instagram but we've got to delete yeah. it and start again yeah.
1: Heard, yeah we do we do yeah. um we try not to call as much as we possibly we probably should um mm. in all fairness because it's that tightrope of kind of really offending people um yeah. but we do have a mask call so anything that's kind of like stock imagery or really cheesy kind of you know oh just gonna laugh and you know anything too cheesy anything that just looks horrendous we will take out we tend to when we start working with them we use an app called gritty and that will split like one picture into three mm. um so we'll just like do the logo Split it into three and that's kind of like a break in their in their Instagram feed and that's very clear then for anybody who then scrolls down the Instagram okay that the started again um but yeah we we do delete a lot, a lot.
0: <laughs> which you probably shouldn't but we do we do yeah well I did I was like just need to do it so that's really I mean so- in terms of Instagram though, the best thing to do is rather than delete is to archive Yes, that's what I did
1: archive. Yeah,
0: yes. archive it. So you've yeah. still got that kind of data there. Yeah, definitely. So wow, okay, that's a lot about the Instagram aesthetic. I love that tip that you've given here to use Gridzy to import one image, break it into three, and it gives a clearly defined mark of where yes. they're starting again. Like, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. So this next question sort of links in with the aesthetic really, because this okay. person's asked us about inst- Instagram TV, IGT. Right. Um mm-hmm how, how to have IGTV not on your grid besides other posts. So if you look at my grid, so this person's given us their link. Um, I had dubbed up because I've put some IGTV posts on with video testimonials. All right. Okay. So
1: what she's saying, she's got like the patient or that he's got the patients before and
0: afters next to the video. Yes. I think that's what it is. Yeah. When I had a look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, just don't post the before and
1: afters right next to it. It's the simplest answer. Um, for me, your IGTV should have your before and after anyway. And that probably should be your, because um, you can pick your preview of your IGTV. So the before and after frame should really be the preview of your IGTV. So it should be contained in there somewhere. And then the video and the testimonial comes secondary. So when you've got your grid up, what's
0: shown is the before and after we have also then got the video as well that holly is amazing this person <laughs> absolutely delighted with your answer there <laughs> can i ask you a question coming off that it hasn't been one that's been sent yeah in. um now just because tomorrow i'm um recording some video and it's my pa who's now managing all my social media for me and she's told okay. me that i must not go over 60 seconds yes really difficult for me <laughs> <laughs> me too Uh, yeah
1: so feed under 60 seconds so if it's going to be 1080 1080 a square post that's going to go on your grid you've got 60 seconds maximum IGTV you've got a long time you can go up to 30 minutes anything over two and a half I think is a little bit too much for me um I think we've worked with clients that do like courses and they tend to kind of get a little bit longer in terms of concentration from people I would say two to two and a half minutes for igtvs um your stories you've got you know 50 seconds reels you've got 30 seconds max
0: yeah okay brilliant that's fantastic lovely right so we've got a question here from somebody how do I get more engagement on my Facebook and Instagram socials people do not okay. comment <laughs>
1: okay Facebook unless you're gonna pay for it give it up. you're not going to you are not going to get any more engagement on your Facebook unless you're doing paid ad campaigns Instagram you still can however in the next three to five years that will you'll have to pay for it too so with Instagram what they what they look for is is this content relevant to other people so you have to kind of kick start it it's like if you think of sort of like bumping an engine on a car um the best thing that you can do is make sure your team your friends and family like the post. So the algorithm now is if somebody saves your post, the little kind of flag in the bottom right corner, someone saves it, that gives you more points, the most points you can get. If somebody then sends you your image, you get second. That's second in the list. If somebody comments on your image, third in the list. If someone likes it, fourth on the list. So what you need to encourage your team your sort of like trusted patients friends family that follow the account can you save our post can you send the post to each other can you comment can you like and that then says instagram goes okay so if, if your team are all say 25 year old women instagram will see that eight people age 25 female have liked that post okay we're going to show it to more 25 year old females mm. so you kind of need to kick start it a little bit and it will just become a sort of self-serving engine so to speak but you've got to kind of make sure that the content's relevant as well so if you're posting a picture of you know it's Jane's birthday no one really cares I'm sorry (laughs) Uh, to be that blunt nobody cares oh that's nice whereas if you're posting something about okay top tips for selfies and you want to attract some composite bonding cases that's going to resonate much more than it's Jane's birthday here's a Kate with bought from Max and Spencer's here's Colin the caterpillar. You know that you've got to give
0: relevance and something that they want to engage with mm. and they will engage more yeah so the birthday posts are better off in stories aren't they stories
1: hundred percent
0: yeah percent. Yeah. So yeah you can still post them you can still um share it's everyone's birthdays but put yeah. it in stories and, and one,
1: on that on that note as well with stories make sure your engagement new stories is really high so do polls do quizzes do questions Because once that starts, you start training people. It's like training a puppy, really. Like, engage with me. Click,
0: click, tap. (laughs) You know, and once they get used to doing it, they'll just instinctively do it. Okay. And what about in regards to engagement then, just following on from this question, Mm -hmm. how much time should people be putting into engaging in other people's (laughs) hosts? Oh, okay. So
1: we have a girl called Hattie. Um, who her sole job is to engage with other people's posts for our clients. Um, Instagram, it's not stupid. You know, it's a very, very complex and intricate software system. And what it's built for is to build relationships. It's not built for businesses. Yes, they've monetized it. And yes, you can now make adverts and have an Instagram shop because ultimately it is a business. But the fundamental of it is it's about creating relationships online. So if you engage with other accounts, you know, what Hattie does for us is we give Hattie, I mean, she's she's a, 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 she just left school. She's like not massively. We, we took her on because we wanted her to do TikToks for us. Um, you know, but we give her a list of hashtags to engage with. So if you want to look at, say, building your profile for smile makeovers, um, then hashtag smile makeovers and have a look at like oh well, that's a great case look at your local businesses you know is there a hairdresser's Put, you know oh, that's stunning and it's not about just copying and pasting the same comment on everybody's it's, it's got to be genuine interaction so spending Hattie spends for our clients 30 minutes to an hour every day engaging with other accounts that we follow and that follow us so it could be previous patients local businesses other clinicians and that's really where other people then sort of organically see your
0: comments, notice that you're liking them, and they engage back with you. Mm, okay, so you can't just you can't just post, can you? You've got to give time to it. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I tell my husband anyway when he says, oh, what are "You doing? <laughs> just got to <laughs>
1: exactly When yeah. my kids are like, "You're always on the phone." Like, yeah. It's work, babe, it's work. When we're really to little, You know, I've some got kind got of to random yeah. reel of a girl doing lip
0: syncing. I'm like, Yeah, I'm working. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, yeah, so I've got a couple of things to talk about, actually, a couple of questions that have come in relating to okay. other things you just said there. Um, so this one's interesting. This is about posts on Instagram versus Facebook. Okay? OK, so this person has said, can you clarify, as I understand it, I need to post individual pictures on Instagram so that people swipe to support the algorithms. And so that Instagram okay. brings up those carousel fo- photos to my followers at different times. Currently oh we've before and after images into one image. This is good for Facebook as I understand it, but do we need to make the change for Instagram? No, I, honestly, timing? it's so negligible.
1: Um, we don't do carousel do um, pics on Instagram. No, right. Now as a standard um we have done and if we feel like it should do but again it depends on the client so who's looking at these pictures we did do this so we have kind of she's got a big following i'm not going to name any names but she's maybe got i think she about 70 000 followers on instagram wow. and we was doing this for the before and afters on noses um the carousel images performed way worse than the simple before and after images oh, i really? think as a as people we're just really lazy so lazy. Everything is literally at our fingertips. To swipe right, it's a pain in the backside. I want to see it. I'm so like, I'm, I I'm, always... I'm, in my, I'm in my zone. I'm scrolling up, and then to yes. have to change the direction of my finger is an absolute pain in the backside for me. And mm. um, so I'm not doing it.
0: So I thought it was really important to do carousel images so that, you know, okay, I haven't swiped, but Instagram might show a different one next time someone's in well life. it only will
1: if you've already liked it right.
0: and if you've already engaged
1: with other people with that account on several occasions so if for example you follow an account but you never like anything you won't ever see their posts
0: yeah. even though you
1: follow them and you'll go on there if you go on the grid feed you think oh i don't remember seeing that or that or that or that because you've
0: not liked any of their posts your class as a ghost user Right um, okay. yeah so it's only if I have liked your post Holly that when yes. I go onto to Instagram they're likely to show me a second one show third. me another one yes they're yeah, yeah. not just going to naturally do that ah no. that. okay right every day is a school day this is really good <laughs> um okay question then you've said about lip syncing um what do you think <laughs> this is a question that's coming what do you think of videos uh-huh. of dental nurses dancing okay i sl- I slightly cringe at them. I
1: cringe at myself. I've done a couple of the lip-syncing ones. Um, in all honesty, I've done three or four. One of them performed really well. I thought oh, I'm going to go with it. Then <laughs> um, they dive bombed. Um, Reels is a really kind of it's a new newish thing that Instagram have have introduced, it's fairly new. I say it's new, it's probably about six months old. Um, they change the algorithms on it all the time. They don't update everybody. Um, so it, I don't think there's, any, if any marketing agency says, we can get you viral on reels, they're lying. Like they're, they're not telling you the truth. Um, I think it really is sometimes look at the draw. I find the dancing videos, like the cringy. if that's your bag, go with it. Um, I think sometimes, especially in the pandemic, it it kind of seemed less cringy because we was all a bit bored and a bit kind of like we need something to just cheer us up and you know but I think now it's not my thing I'm going to be diplomatic about it and say it's not my thing (laughs) Um, but if
0: it makes you happy who am I to judge but think of your Instagram aesthetic though when you're posting these Uh, yeah (laughs) you know <laughs> you can you can
1: hide your reels you don't have to post on your feed <laughs> yes that's I think it. it really does again it does depend the type of patients that you, you're looking at I mean I can think of one one clinic that does it really well That the team they're all young girls and um, they're all fun and they they specialize in composite bonding that's pretty much all they do day in day out every single day so mm. the, the patients are 20 to 28 maybe female they live on TikTok so they resonate and they engage with that content yeah so you'd be silly not to but if you've got a you know mixed national health private practice you maybe do a little bit of implant work some nice veneer cases you're then going to ask your nurse to start doing i don't know drake on tiktok it just becomes a little bit well that was strange yeah Um, (laughs) i'm not really sure why that why that happened that's a bit odd yeah and it just doesn't it doesn't click so again it's really about looking at your key buying personas who are you talking to on
0: instagram fabulous I uh, i'm not a fan of it but i i don't think i personally do them myself anyway <laughs> i do understand you know it's good fun isn't it they're having a laugh in the practice when it's you know not exactly great to be doing agps all day long but <laughs> you know <laughs> i know it's sort of team it's good for team morale um but yeah, they're not my cup of tea, um, really. I also, I do have a client who has updated her her brand guidelines and documents for her practice and clearly stated to the team that she will not be posting any videos of them dancing because it doesn't fit with their brand. Yeah, um, I mean, I've seen like exponential growth on TikTok
1: for some clients that are really into it. Other clients kind of like, I mean, I can remember, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, Simon Shard, I was like, let's try TikTok. He's he's like, yeah, I definitely want to do TikTok, but you will not get me dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, he's he's, he's just not that guy. And I just think, unless you are already, you've got that vibe about you, it
0: just comes off a bit weird. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So I, I love TikTok, but I filter it down. I don't like to watch dancing on TikTok. I like the comedy. I like the funny things. Yeah. Um, I think they're great, but we do have a question here. Reels versus TikTok, what do you advise? Oh, well, it depends how much time you've got. <laughs> is, the, is, the, uh, is the honest answer.
1: So TikTok growth, I mean, we have a separate side to our company, company where we work a lot with influencers. So. I mean, I've been in this industry a long time and I've been really fortunate to have worked with dentists that have great relationships with like football clubs, modeling agencies. And I've always kind of been the one because I'm, I'm really not interested in that kind of lifestyle that's managed that. And um, so I've got really good relationships with them. And we're, we're working with a lot of TikTokers at the moment, like big million, two million followers on TikTok. Now I find it a bit strange if I'm, if I'm honest, because they kind of film themselves eating chilies and stuff. And it's just a bit odd, odd to me. Um, but it is, there's, there's exponential growth to be had there if you can do it. Okay. Um, one of our clients, Rona Skonda, she does TikTok really, really well. Um, but hasn't seen the growth that she's had on Instagram, on TikTok. Um, And I think unless you've got an abundance of time to utilise and use both, focus on Instagram. Mm, That's what I If if you're going to choose, you know, unless you're going to do both and spend a lot of time doing both, then do Instagram. Instagram Reels have announced that if you repost TikToks with the TikTok logo on, they will no longer be giving it the same amount of um, engagement and views as you would if you created it within Reels. So if you're going to pick one, pick Reels, because mm. you're already more than likely on Instagram and you've already got a following. Yeah, if you want to try that. TikTok and you've got the time, do both
0: yeah and with tiktok don't you have to sort of post a couple of times a day a couple of new videos a day and yeah wow. yeah you yeah. know two to a day they say for optimum
1: engagement mm. which is a lot you know especially if you've got a, it's fine if you're an influencer I mean we're actually working yeah. with it's called the icon house um and we've got there's about eight I say kids so like the early 20s um that live in this house and that's their job is to create content the content creators um and they're doing like two three a day but if you've got eight hours of surgery plus you've got maybe a meeting with your practice manager in the morning to check up and everything you've got to home w- res- your wife's annoyed because you now run over an hour with a, a patient and you've got to deal with some blooming treatment plans at night time
0: mm. have you really got time to do tiktoks two or no. three a day probably not no and then that's also when they're imported um
1: mm-hmm.
0: so when it's imported the TikTok into the real, it cuts off a lot of the text as well, doesn't it? So, people put yes, yeah, so you've got. I mean, like I've made this
1: mistake. Have a look at our um social drive count I've done this, you know, okay. and, and I do this for a living. So, they you only get a very small box. So, if you're doing the yeah. little pointy videos and stuff, you kind of especially if you've got fat fingers like me, I've got like really bad sausage finger situation going on. Um it's not great, you kind of like having to point in the text, it it is quite difficult, I think, to navigate all of them, it really is a full-time job, if you're going to do TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Snapchat, yeah, you know, some clients that I work with, Laura, um, they employ two to three people in-house, so they'll work with us to do like the main videography and the social media, sort of management and driving that the ideas and everything behind it but they'll have
0: a stories girl and they'll have somebody just doing before and afters yeah and so last question then and before we wrap up the the hangout podcast I saw I think it was a reel that you did um (laughs) (laughs) asking asking the dental nurses to manage the social media for the practice now as well yeah (laughs) yeah Treatment coordinators tend to be quite good at it, but like you've just said, it's so much time now, isn't it? It is. It its needed for social media. Treatment coordinators generally are really good at it, but what's not great for treatment coordinators is that,
1: that uh, let's put my teeth back in, they're expected to do that on top of being a full-time treatment coordinator. Now, if your treatment coordinators are going to manage your socials, you've now got a part-time treatment coordinator because mm-hmm. you've got a part-time social media manager as well. Yeah. And it's not fair to just throw it in their job description. It's a full-time
0: job if you want it done well. Yeah, and what tends to yeah. happen is the practice owners or manager will go, oh, Holly, you good at Instagram, do you want to do our social media? And they say, oh, yeah, okay then. And yeah. then, yeah, it's another role, it's another responsibility. And mm-hmm. it's so busy in practice, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah. you know, I've said I have now outsourced all of my social media because it was just coming so overwhelming trying mm-hmm. to do, to find time to post. And it was quite a reactive process yes. and I wanted to be proactive. You know, your Instagram aesthetic isn't gonna be right if you're reactive in your social media, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah, and I think that's something that
1: in all honesty, we make that mistake. So I look at our social drive Instagram and like any other business, when you're working for your patients, uh, in our case, we're working for our clients, you come last. Yeah. So sometimes our social media is like, oh God, I'm not posting anything for a day. And then, you know, a couple of days and then I look at it and I'm like, oh, I hate my grid. Um, So I think that it it does become something that is like a, a last on the list situation because you've not got a patient arguing with you or demanding that they want the porcelain changed to this colour when they've asked for BL1. You know, they those instances come first and then it's the treatment coordinator saying, oh God, I've not posted on socials and they'll just reactively post something whereas what we try and do for our clients is have that monthly meeting and go okay what's the plan yes um and i think if you are going to manage your in-house socials you've got to treat it as a separate sort of string to the bow so to speak and a separate Mm -hmm. side of your business not something that can just be oh she'll stick something on instagram you've got to really plan it
0: yeah i think that's a fantastic final um top tip and answer to that question holly um it's a separate job description isn't it that's what's needed is. and mm-hmm. time allocated to it if you're going to have someone yeah. in your practice do it don't expect them to go home <laughs> <finish work laughs> and then and then be doing that and also if they are yeah. working in another role tco front of house manager whatever it might be How are they possibly going to engage with other accounts? Like you've just said, it's Mm -hmm. so important. They're not going to be able to do that either. No, I mean, they're
1: going going to be able to manage it. It's not like it's unmanageable, but you're not going to see the growth that you would expect. Mm. Um, I mean, I I worked in clinic. I mean, I worked in clinic for 15, 16 years. And as treatment coordinator, I did do social media. um, But like you say, it was always an afterthought for me. It was never really, I was looking at my targets and my conversion rates and making sure my my, my um, patients were happy, making sure the clinicians that I worked with were happy. Um. So the, the growth was slow. And now we look at, I me and one of our clients this month, 40% Um. follow growth. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's time. It's all about the time. It's, it's about time. It's allocating time. So whether that's with a separate company or, in, or somebody in-house, mm. you're going to give it to someone who's great at socials, give them the time to manage
0: it. Yeah. Fabulous. Oh, wow. Holly, time has absolutely flown. It on has. behalf of myself, on behalf of everyone who's sent in questions, thank you so much for sending in your questions. We managed to get through them all. Thank you, Holly. You've answered them all beautifully. And I'm sure everyone's taken loads of notes <laughs> and they're off to sort out all of their <laughs> photos in particular. Thank Instagram. you for having me. It's been Thank fun. you so much for hanging out with me, Holly. Thanks. See you soon. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'd really appreciate it if you could give my podcast a five-star review and do subscribe so you can listen to every podcast the moment that it's released.